Hello. If you've not done this before, it's very simple. A guest has chosen a Doctor Who story for me to watch, and they've also nominated their favourite things about it. I don't know what they are, and I've got to see if I concur. You're listening to Happy Times and Places, with me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest, Simon Gerrier, who has chosen Evil of the Daleks for us to watch, and we're about to embark on episode two. Join us if you dare. Well, welcome viewers and listeners, uh, or viewers or listeners, you can't be both. This is exciting because this is the only, these are the only moving pictures I'm going to see all night. It's the existing episode of Evil of the Daleks, episode two. It is available on the Lost in Time DVD collection. That's how I'm watching it. I have it on the select episode menu. I've got to the, the page that has uh, the, the particular episode on. So all I have to do is press enter or select or whatever, which I am going to do. In three, two, one. And and I did it, but there's a delay. So, <laughs> I mean, good luck to anybody that, uh, that that tries to sync up exactly with with this. But anyway, hello, it's the, it's the opening titles. Um, this was so exciting, this Lost in Time DVD set. I think still remains my favourite set. My favourite DVD of, of the whole collection, just because when I started collecting, uh, oh, that's interesting. Evil of the Daleks, the Evil of the Daleks, episode two by David Whittaker. I'm sure episode one it said Evil of the Daleks by David Whittaker, episode one. I'm sure somebody's got a blog about such things. <laughs> there is definitely a, a, a blog. There's a website by a chap called Gavin Rymill about which different Daleks are used. I'm, I'm pretty good at spotting which actors are which or whatever, but but his work on uh, which Dalek props get used in which is absolutely fascinating. Um, uh, so I, I direct you to that. It's an amazing thing. Um, and addresses a mystery that I will talk about in a later episode. So I, I knew this clip because it was at the end of Wheel in Space 6, which I'd seen many, many times in terrible quality. Um, but it's like, this is all that we have of Evil of the Daleks. And then Evil of the Daleks turns up and begins with the bit we know. So, but now this was all new, and this is that this this. I mean, I suppose I have to talk about Derek Martinez this week because this is the only example we have of his direction. But that's a lovely moving shot of the the close up of the antique clock, the, the the then the quick pan to the door, and the Doctor again being this very clever investigatory chap who you know knows to silence a bell with his fingers as they come in. Um, And yes, they're they're early for them, and there's something about this being at at night time, and of course being surrounded by all this ancient uh, ephemera. Well, not ancient, but oldy worldy. I've got to think of a better word. Uh, fusty. Uh, Fraser Hines does his best. He, he he knocks that prop, but he makes sure he's holding onto it before he does. It's very good work, Fraser. You don't want to cost the BBC some china. Um, but of course, this it, it's almost like you know, the TARDISes of the future that we see that are sort of, or, or the idea we have of a of a TARDIS or of a time traveller who acquires, you know, who gets their stuff from different places. So there's lots of different 
uh, older artifacts that give you a sort of sense of atmosphere and a sense of time. And I love that um, the TARDIS in the TV movie, which has all that, where the futuristic is made out of wooden panels and stuff. And all of this, all of this old stuff, and the Doctor whispering in the darkness, uh, you know, although we're in 1966, 67, um, it's... It's 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 telling us about the it's it's invoking the past and and of course Jamie is right here Jamie is saying he's he's and this is the sort of thing the meddling monk could do actually you go yeah well I thought I'd do is I'll set up an antique shop it's exactly what the meddling monk would do in fact I'm surprised <laughs> well, I'm not surprised but if we did this nowadays you you know. Uh, yeah, the idea that uh, uh, somebody's got this wheeze where they go, oh, I'm selling genuine antiques, but uh, you, you haven't you haven't thought to break it or dent it, you know. Um, and that's another clue. That's another clue for the for the for the doctor to actually get wrong. And not the first thing he gets wrong this week, which I again I rather like. That's interesting. I don't know what having. Having said, I like the fact that the Doctor very cleverly pieces together the bits. He also gets things wrong. I'm not sure what David Whittaker's... I suppose it's... I wonder if that's going back to the original concept of the Doctor as the, the anti-hero. The Doctor who, you know... I mean, he deliberately um, sabotages the fluid link in the Daleks, doesn't he? But he, he, he gets things wrong. He's, he's flawed uh, because he makes, this, he makes that mistake. Whereas Jamie is correct. Uh... Oh, poor old, uh, poor old Edward Waterfield. But yeah, the all this antique stuff gives it atmosphere. And Derek Martinus, or Derek Martinus, uh, is a brilliant director. He's one of the great Doctor Who. Directors. Look at that moving that that very fluid camera, um, and this music. Oh, oh, it's it's really going. This is this is bad news. Um, uh, Martinus's productions always sort of strive for realism well I've, I was going to say and the, and the costumes are always very plausible because I was thinking of you know Dr Barkley and his jumper in the 10th planet and you know they don't do sort of wacky future but then I remembered the Ice Warriors where <laughs> everyone's dressed like um, uh, uh, they've, they've, they've left their clothes out to dry and Jackson Pollock's wandered in uh, with his paintbrush um, uh, and, and sprayed them plastic as well but so but but there's always applause. They're always cast to the hilt. Uh, yeah. Ah, Mr. K. Perry, I'm being very clever. You're called Kenneth. No, you were after Kennedy. This guy's called Keith. One of the few Doctor Who Keiths, he says. And then I'll now remember loads because there's Chang in The Wheel in Space. I think he's called Keith Chang. Um, uh, and in a performance that we can't see, which um, probably saves us a lot of trouble. Uh and Sir Keith Gold, Christopher Benjamin, who I think was considered for the role of Toby in this. We'll talk about that later. Oh, I'm having a Bakewell tart flavoured naked bar. I'm not advertised by them or anything. I'm not sponsored by them or anything. We just had a pleasingly almond taste. And that's a shame that that lovely photo of Patrick Troughton has been torn in half. Um... Now, Perry is played by Geoffrey Colville. Um, sort of actor would... Th 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 those sorts of parts were... Uh, 
uh, sort of parts that Jonathan Cecil would have played. Sort of, hello, hello, ciao, yes, jolly chaps. Um, I think he'd been in Emergency War 10. Well, the, the one thing, main thing I know about Jeffrey Colville is that he was for a while. He went out with an actress called Monica Gray, who was in the, I mentioned it last week, uh, last episode, Quatermass 2. She plays Paula Quatermass in Quatermass 2. I went to her house when I was younger and chatted to her and she told me about that she, she, because she, she dated uh, David Croft, the sitcom writer. Uh, and she said she'd also seen for a while an actor called Jeffrey Colville. So that's what I know about him. <laughs> so, I mean, ah, I can't promise it's all going to be gold like this, that that man went out with an actress that most of you probably don't know particularly well. But uh, if you like Doctor Who, I would urge you to watch Quatermass if you can. I haven't even mentioned how brilliant Troughton is. I, I sort of have to be careful not to take to... Because I know the things I take for granted. You don't. He's so good, the way he scampers about and the, and the way those, those eyes are so busy with... Um, activity, you know. The, now... I've got now, that's, now, why do I know this? That's not, that wasn't his hand holding the picture because, of course, you wouldn't get the camera in. It's a clever piece of direction. The actor, the actor holding the picture is Barry Ashton, who comes in later as the policeman. Uh, and he's not, he'd been in Doctor Who in a credited role earlier. He's one of the scientists in the moon base. He gets killed on the moon surface, surface with Victor Pemberton. So he's, Victor Pemberton is Jules. So Barry Ashton is Franz. Uh, and he pops up in a couple of fairly thankless roles in the Pertwee era. He plays Proctor, Dr. Cook's assistant in the first couple of episodes of The Time Monster. And he also is a sidekick. He's Ray Lunnan's sidekick. Like, he doesn't really have many lines in uh, in the first couple of episodes of Frontier in Space. Barry Ashton. Uh, all I know about him is that people say he was a lovely Welsh actor. Um, but he's not credited in this, but he does. he doubles up as the policeman and also he can say he's played the doctor because he's the doctor's i mean you only saw his index finger and his thumb the doctor's thumb <laughs> that'd be a good title for an autobiography i was the doctor's thumb um you didn't look at that fraser um fraser does that twice in this episode because he, um, he he does it later when he asks about uh the painting of victor there's barry ashton the painting of victoria Waterfield's mum. He goes, who's that in the picture? He hasn't looked at it. He didn't He didn't look at that there. But he did do that thing where he touched the panel and pulled his hand away, which he also does in Web of Fear, which I always thought there was a mistake in the Web of Fear. Um, and Griffith Davis as Kennedy has just been... He, he died at the beginning of this episode, so he's just spent the whole episode as a corpse. Um, but, but it's not a double, and of course, because he had to act his death. So, um, actually, that happens a few, because Bernard Holly does that, I think, in Tomb of the Sidemen. He dies at the end of episode one, but he's there in episode two, dead. Uh, I think Nick Zaran as Lieutenant Sorba in The Space Pirates. He dies at the end of episode four, I'm guessing, or maybe episode three. Episode four, three or four? Um, three. Um... And I, I remember he has to come back to reenact his death and then his corpse. Um, whereas, of course, uh, yeah, 
it, it, it's a different one, but but that means you'd have to come back for the because because everything was done you know on a on a weekly basis. Whereas now you know you'd get all your stuff done and then you'd be sent home. I love Molly Dawson, Joe Robottom, who has a lovely ticklish voice and a really sweet quality. Um, Molly Dawson, sir, she's very much a sort of character type, but she's so delightful. I think she auditioned to play Victoria, and this was her um, compensation. But I think she's absolutely brilliant. And I think Molly Dawson is companion material. Oh, look at that. Marius Goring. I mean, a star, a movie star. Uh, that, I mean, was big news about uh, that, that an actor like Goring was in Doctor Who. And I think, you know, he would be able to say, give me a marvellous costume and a fantastic beard and I shall be in Doctor Who. And he's great and he really enjoys himself. But, I mean, an actor of his stature being in Doctor Who lent it massive credibility. Um, you know, this is, this is, we sometimes, you know, think of, think of, uh, you know, the guest stars we get today. Well, there's, you know, Goring at, at this time could compete with any of them. He's in a matter of life and death. Uh, the Powell Pressburger film, and he's brilliant in it, playing a, a French um a French phantom, uh, a, a Pimpernel type. Uh, he was the Scarlet Pimpernel as well, wasn't he? He was. He was the Scarlet Pimpernel on radio and television. Um, and, and in those days, the billing, I think the billing for this in the Radio Times goes starring Patrick Troughton as Doctor Who and Maria Scoring as Theodore Maxtable. I mean, it, you know. Um, and, and the companions actually got quite short shrift. I think Patrick Troughton as Doctor Who, Maria Scoring as... And then I think with, with John Bailey and Fraser Hines. Um, oh, he's so sad. And look at those furrow. That's a worried forehead, isn't it? That poor old, uh, poor old Waterfield has. He's great casting, John Bailey. Yeah, Ma Derek Martinez is brilliant at casting. Um, and that was a picture, wasn't it? The picture on the wall of, of, of the 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 wife, the late wife. That just makes him sad as well. He's got a dead wife. Um, <laughs> is 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 Deborah Watling painted over, I think, by, by the designer, Chris Thompson. Um, and here she is for the first time, the beautiful and fabulous Deborah Watling. Uh, God, look at those eyes. She's, uh, she's, um, but she wasn't first round. They cast Denise Buckley, didn't they? Who is very good in a prison episode of The Prisoner called The Dance of the Dead, Dance of the Dead, with Mary Morris as number two. She plays... Uh, a maid in that but it's a decent part and she's great in it she's really plucky and perky and uh, 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 obtuse and yeah it's a, it's a really good performance I like Denise Buckley I don't know an awful lot about her but she's great in that Prisoner episode and she was cast as Victoria I don't I don't know why it fell through but then Deborah Watling comes in oh I think they saw Gabrielle Drake as well uh, who I've worked with since who's a very classy lady and Lance Travers, who was married to Ronald Pickup. Um, and Joe Robottom and Deborah Watling. This is brilliant. I love this. It's so because the Dalek has... The, 
has no idea that she, the reason she's lost weight is because she's under great emotional distress. Uh, and I think that's really sophisticated and just a really lovely touch, a really intelligent touch and quite harrowing for the character. Uh, and I love the way that when the Daleks look back, there's something really waspish about them. Um, and the fact that it's looking down because she's down and, and the way that it's shot. Um, they're really malevolent. It's just it's funny that that prop can be made to see so malevolent just by the angle of its eye stalk. And the, I love it. I love the looking back. Um, but that's a very clever observation about the Daleks is the Daleks are so literal um, and so harsh that they wouldn't comprehend that she's lost weight, not because she's not because well i've got presumably she's not eating because she's hungry as well but that, that that it's actually more complex than just have fuel you will stay a decent weight or whatever um i love this lab the design work in this story is great i'm sure that spiral staircase is in doctor who again or has been in it already <laughs> i love i love it Yes, I think I should have a cigar and I think I should have a cutthroat razor to <laughs> do whatever it is that one does with cigars. <laughs> That's when you're an actor with a bit of clown. I think I should have a prop in this scene. Uh, you've already got a big beard, funky glasses and a brilliant costume. Yes, and I shall also have a cigar. Um, I would like a cutlass for episode five. <laughs> I, I love the dialogue that uh, uh, Maxtable is given, all that stuff about, you know, when he says, it's just little things like when he says uh, J. Clark Maxwell rather than James Clark Maxwell. It, uh, I don't know why that gives it a, a, a certain class, but it, it does. It appeals to me. I'm easily pleased. Because um, I've heard of, yeah, this is a, by J. Clark Maxwell. I love that. Um, I, I, I'm not a scientist and I, I, I understand. I remember when this was, there was a wonderful book that came out when I was a student called The Discontinuity Guide, which was the first sort of, it was so loving and yet it took the mickey. And I, I've since sort of fallen out of love with the taking of the mickey of Doctor Who because I, th I, I, think, I think we get lofty about the past at our peril. Um, and I don't like Doctor Who archly because... It's a bit rubbish. I like Doctor Who because I think it's absolutely brilliant and the best thing ever. And uh, it, it was magical to me as a kid and I don't want to lose that magic. And I think we... I, 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 so I get a bit cross when things are a bit, you know, cock a snook. But actually, as a student, that, that book was so refreshing because... And it is because it's... I'm not knocking the book because it's actually it's a really good book and it's very loving as well as critical where it needs to be and it's very well written. It's got a funny turn of phrase. But I, I remember being slightly disappointed with the write-up of this because instead of going oh it's got the black daleks and the human factor and the, and the emperor it sort of says it says it, it papers over its scientific implausibilities with a confident swagger and i didn't i couldn't really get an angle on what they were talking about but actually then when you immerse yourself in the story and all of its stuff with you know a magnetic man and uh, maxtables after alchemy and 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 that very an intangible idea of you know the human factor and the dalek factor which are pretty pretty basic i love this oh this is and this ah oh, i remember when i first saw this scene and the fact that it's in shocking close-up for the doctor and that music and look at his face this is big stuff this is troughton is selling this 
a hundred percent. But also, it's it's really well shot, and the music helps, and the and the way and the and the way that the Dalek speaks as well. It's an absolutely brilliant scene. I love that, and and the fact that the Doctor is standing up straight, but you can tell he's absolutely terrified. And again, there's so much going on behind those eyes. He's he's fearful, but he's standing up to it. I love that sort of indignation that he has, that foot stamp and indignation that has a childlike quality to it but it's but look at that keen intelligence he gives i love that scene <laughs> yeah water fills they go yeah i'll tell you this but no to honestly please sir <laughs> you you coward oh yeah he's he's so good i love that scene and i remember when this episode came back you know and a lot of doctor who can be quite disappointing um it, it doesn't it doesn't match your imagination. I love this little scamper he does. What have you done with your infernal meddling? That's a great line. And that, that sudden panic, that, oh, and then it's gone. That's clever as well. And, 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 but I, yeah, I love that. Um, and, and I remember that, that scene and me going, no, the, you know, this, the, you know, these missing scenes, when they come back, they are not disappointments. That is, I'm, I'm so thrilled we can see that. I love that confrontation between Troughton and the and the Dalek he's so good it's so good you know I think we we the, the Daleks are so familiar to us so ubiquitous that I think we sometimes forget how when they're at their best or when their import is underlined really well they are you, you suddenly remember no these are the these are a big deal uh look at that look at that face shot brilliantly um Oh, yeah, Jamie, you've got a hangover, mate. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that she's so delighted. I also want to know what this drink is that she's got that uh, that makes your hangover disappear. I could have done with that a lot in the, in the olden days. Again, another example of Derek Martinez having an eye for custody because Joe Robottom had a very decent career. Um... And you can tell why she's, the camera loves her. She's great. She's she's got such a lovely quality. Um, and this is Bridget Forsyth, a terrific actress. Um, you can tell she's a good actress because my mum always went, she's very good. She is. And if my mum doesn't notice things like that, because she was in whatever happened to the likely lads. So she was a bit of a, a, a household name when I was growing up learning about Doctor Who. And when I first got a cast for Evil of the Daleks in Doctor Who magazine episode guide, and you went, OK, so who's oh, wow. You know, Maris Gorham, John Bailey, you know, big, big acts. But uh, uh, you haven't looked at the portrait, Jamie. Jamie has not looked at the portrait. That's twice in one episode he's gone, what's that, without looking at it. Naughty Fraser. Um, although I adore Fraser Hines. We will we will get on to that later. He is so good. He's worth his weight in gold. Um, uh, but, but that you know, you've got Bridget Forsyth. You've got Windsor Davis about to come on. Uh, here he is, Windsor Davis, who, again, when I was discovering Doctor Who, was a household name. He was in his Ain't Our Fop Mum, where he, he, he created a television icon in the, the Sergeant Major, uh, uh, Lofty Singh. Uh, oh, he's also one of the, the Doctor Who actors that's got to number one in the charts, because he got to number one with Whispering Grass. But he was, so reading this, you know, you've got, you've got, Bridget Forsyth, Windsor Davis. So th these are actors that have a future, but have been spotted, 
you know, used early by by Derek Martinez, uh, which which adds sort of retrospective class. We wouldn't have known it at the time, but you know, you look back and you go, not only was it a good story at the time, it was a good story in the in 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 the sense that when you look back on it, you go, and also that you know they got people who'd got a a, a great future. Um, so top marks to Derek Martinez, not only for the way that it, it looks. I think you're you're helped as well by the fact that it's a, a period setting. Um, I think I think I love the historicals, but understand that they don't float everybody's boat. But uh, historical and sci-fi together is a heady combination. It's that. It's the. I was going to say it's the Yeti on the loo in Tooting Beck, but that's that's present. That was John Pertwee saying. It's always scary if something's. You know, if something alien appears in the present day, but actually that futuristic alien juxtaposition with something ancient and fusty, I think, is even more beguiling. And is is a, is a, is from because the BBC do costume drama so well, and the fact that then you've got Doctor Who doing its science fiction so well together. Look, the, the Dalek facing off with a Victorian gentleman with a load of whatever that stuff. I love, I love all his... What is that experiment he's doing? Is that his alchemy experiment? I just put lots of things in it. But it looks great, all that ephemera. Um, make a lot of idle ones. Oh. Uh, and and, and Troughton's great because, in fact, now he's he's not panicking. He's very dryly assessing the situation and you sort of know Ooh, he bites his nails though doesn't he he's and in fact that the fact that he's so deadpan about just just underlying how serious it is it's really clever um now if you look closely at this dalek its eyes aren't flashing because there's only one dalek this week that was an empty prop um but i remember being surprised that that was the episode ending because I'm sure, I, 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 I'm sure established wisdom was that the episode ending was when he said, "And their greatest pleasure will be in killing me." So that's like a sort of bonus, bonus scene. But it's great. I love the way the sucker goes into the camera. Ah, Peter Hawkins is doing the Dalek voice. There we go. Roy Skelton, you pretender to the throne. Your time is in the future. Um, that isn't that good. Oh, oh, I love that. Um, just imagine if we could see it all, because that's... Anyway, I will t I've got to remember not to talk when it stopped, because I've still got another five episodes to go, and I'm sure there will be gaps that need filling. So, uh, right. What uh, will Simon go... What have I chosen? Oh, my choice is simple. Um, that scene, the face-off with the Doctor and the Dalek, I think that's one of the great... The great scenes of, of of Doctor Who. I just think everything about it is is brilliant. Um, I explained why I don't need to repeat myself. What has Simon Guerrier chosen as his best thing of episode two? My best thing about episode two is that we learn the Daleks are running this antique shop. But perhaps the Doctor was already on to them, because this antique shop stuff is set on the 20th of July 1966, the same day as the event of the Faceless Ones and of the final bit of the War Machines. And this is the thing, the War Machines begins with the first Doctor having a pricking sensation in his skin, which he gets, he says, when Daleks are near. So I think he detected the antique shop all that time ago. Uh, and I think that's rather fun. <laughs> yes, 
Did he say July? Did I? I think I said June in episode one. Oh, that's going to get the I think you will find us. Uh, I think that's not bad, considering. <laughs> anyway, um, I knew that. I, I said about that in episode one, didn't I? But I never... And I knew that he says that in in the war machines because he goes I get that, that, that same feeling when the Daleks he actually fluffs the line which is a shame but William Hartnell in the war machines yeah says oh yeah I've got that, that prickling sensation from when the when the Daleks are about which of course is just you know sense saying that something's up and it's Wotan and he's built some not very good <laughs> big boxy Dalek things um, some slightly less svelte Daleks in the post office from his base in the post office tower um, but a year later, <laughs> because of the accident, uh, uh, or, or just the, the happenstance that, yeah, um, episode one of this is 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 on the same day as 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 some of the war machines. That actually retroactively makes sense of that. I would not have thought to nominate that as one of my favourite things, but it is. That's typical of Simon Gary. He's a really uh, 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 interesting. He has an interesting mind and a joy of uh, offbeat things, and that's why I'm very pleased he did this, and I'm delighted he chose that. Even though it means that I didn't choose the thing that he chose, but that doesn't matter. Love that. Good choice, Simon. <laughs> You've amused me. Well, look, um, that's the end of the moving bits of Evil of the Daleks. Um, but I hope you're still with me uh, for episode three, which will be next. But for now, see you next time. Evil of the Daleks episode two is available on DVD as part of the Lost in Time collection. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydoke. My special guest was writer Simon Guerrier, whose witty and inventive work can be purchased from Big Finish and BBC Books, amongst others. And his stuff is definitely worth your time. He's a funny man with a generosity of spirit and a gift for the offbeat. The music was by Dave Gates. Special thanks go to Chris Boyle. And the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. My thanks to this episode's featured patrons, John Deere, Ian Key... Jenny at Blue Box 99, Peter Adamson, Richard Byatt, Paul Carrington, James Gould, Joe Llewellyn, Nathan Moore, Nick Temple, and Apollo C. Vermouth. Please go to www.tobyhadoke.com for more. And don't forget to rate, thumbs up, and generally be nice about this podcast everywhere you possibly can. It's easy for you, and it helps me, and I'll be very grateful. You can support these podcasts and any other of my broadcasting endeavours at patreon.com forward slash tobyhadoke and ko-fi.com forward slash tobyhadoke. Patrons get special goodies and advance releases and, of course, my eternal gratitude. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.